Hello, welcome to Vet Talk, the veterinary podcast. I'm Dr. Nathan. Thanks for listening. This is an informational podcast, and we hope you find it a valuable tool to help you understand veterinary medicine and how to better care for your animals. If you want to contact us, please reach out to theveterinarypodcast at gmail.com. You can find a complete list of the podcast episodes on SoundCloud or by going to lickingvalleyvet.com and finding the education page. While you are there, take a look at our blog section for more helpful information. You can also follow Licking Valley Veterinary Hospital's Facebook page if you want regular updates on released podcasts, blogs, and videos. If you find this information helpful, please feel free to make a donation to the continuation of this content. There is a link to do this on the webpage under the podcast list. As always, thanks for listening, and I hope this information is helpful to you. Welcome back. Today we shall talk about large animal health certificates. In Kentucky, the large animal forms can have horses put on them, but in general is for all the other mixed match of species we have. I have written health certificates for quail, cattle, goats, sheep, pigs, and rabbits. This is the catch-all certificate. Large animal health certificates can only be written by level 2 accredited veterinarians. These health certificates, or CVIs, Certificates of Veterinary Inspection, proves a veterinarian has looked at an animal and deemed it healthy of infectious diseases. This is needed for travel with animals. A big disclaimer here. If you need a health certificate, do three things. First, figure out where you are headed. Laws with production animals can be very specific per the state you are heading because each state has specific regulations for specific diseases, which means specific requirements may be needed for completion of your health certificate. You need to find this out before scheduling your veterinary appointment so you can tell your veterinarian if you need any of these specific things. Second, call your vet. I know the local laws regarding health certificates and what most of my clients need, so we can get you started with the basics. Third, check out www.interstatelivestock.com. I mentioned this in the last podcast episode, and this website gives you a starting point for determining what is needed for animals to travel to an individual state. If you want more discussion on health certificates, listen to my last episode about horse health certificates. For now, I'm going to jump right into filling out these forms. Uh, Well, almost. Just like before, you need to schedule with your vet to have these forms completed. The vet has to see the animal to fill out these forms. Please plan ahead. My clinic for months has been booking two to three weeks out for farm calls and two weeks out for office calls. Even though health certificates can be completed quickly, we tend not to equate poor planning with a veterinary emergency. Veterinarians see actively dying and sick cases throughout a given day, and we often squeeze those appointments in between our already booked schedule. When someone asks us to fill out a health certificate, that gets bumped to the low end of our priority list. So if the fair you want to show your prize pig at is a week away, do not expect to get an appointment at your vet if they are booking two to three weeks out. County fairs for showing animals are usually pretty regularly scheduled so you have a whole year to plan getting an appointment with a veterinarian. 
don't wait until the last minute because it probably won't work out in your favor. But here we are. We have scheduled an appointment and the vet is looking over your animals and we are filling out our forms. What information am I putting down? First things first, the reason for movement. Is it moving for exhibit, breeding, sale, feeding, slaughter, or other? Yes, slaughter is an option. Remember, large animal health certificates are much more based on production animals or food animals. Next, I mark the number of animals on this health certificate. Then I put the name of the owner or consignee of the animal, followed by the origin address of the animal. I have to put where the animal is coming from. If there is an outbreak of disease, we want to be able to track this animal back to where it came from. Then I put where the animal is going to, what show it is going to, or what sale, or who it is being sold to, and their address. In Kentucky, there is a little leeway. I often write for people attending fairs, Kentucky Show and Fair. They may be going to multiple fairs with the same requirements and one health certificate generally gets them into all of those since they aren't leaving the state. Remember, we need complete addresses for health certificates. This is part of one of the most important things veterinarians do, keeping our food supply safe. With complete addresses, it makes it easier to quickly track a problem in a case of disease outbreak. As we witnessed with coronavirus, disease can spread quickly and shut countries down quickly. The quicker veterinarians can trace and stop an outbreak, the better chance an outbreak will not have dire consequences on the food supply. One of the things that is included in the address is the county. We mark that on there again for traceability. Also, phone numbers of owners and buyers. Again, so if there is a problem, people can be quickly contacted. We know exactly which county the animal is going to, which county the animal has come from. So with the phone number, again, it's to contact you for traceability. Don't give your vet the old landline that you only check once a month. If a vet needs to call you about a problem with a health certificate, you need to be more readily accessible. The last thing in this section is a premise ID. This is something that farmers can get, which more specifically registers their farm so officials know where these animals originated from. I ask a lot of farmers if they have this number and get many blank stares. When I see this blank stare, I know the farmers don't have the number. It's not required to have, but if you have one, have it ready so you don't have to go looking for this number in a dirty, muddy barn. Next, I mark what type of animal I'm putting on the health certificate. Is it cattle, is it sheep, goats, horses, swine, or other. Then I have a few things I fill out which mostly I get blank stares from again. This tells me these clients do not have these numbers. For example, there's a cattle herd or status accreditation and certification number and last test date accompanying that. Same thing with swine herd status. If these don't apply to the farmer and the animals being transported, I simply cross through these boxes. If they are sheep and goats, then I answer the following question. Is this flock slash herd free of visible signs of foot rot, sore mouth, and caseous lymphadenitis? I mark yes or no. 
If I mark no, then I won't be filling out the health certificate. Those are transmissible diseases. While we may not be identifying carriers of cases lymphadenitis, we are trying to prevent those that could easily spread the disease from traveling. So I'm looking for bumps between the jaws and on the neck or ulcers in the mouth. Then it asks if the herd is scrapey consistent and I mark yes or no and if so put in a scrapey flock or herd ID number. Next I have to start writing out the individual animals. Please, please, please. I need something that anyone can identify this animal with. Mr. Beefy, for a cow, is not acceptable. You may know your black cow is named Mr. Beefy and be able to pick him out of a lineup, but a random agriculture agent cannot do that. We need some form of ID on the animal. This can be a microchip or some form of electronic ID or any number of official ear tags. Um, a tattoo will work, or a brand, or in some cases, with pigs, that pig owners sometimes use an ear notch system. But I need this ID. To me, your cow looks like a cow, and I need to be able to positively identify that cow. I also need that ID attached to an animal when I arrive. If you have a tag sitting on the table you are planning on placing on that animal, that does not count. I know as humans we are all perfect and would never forget to attach a tag. But maybe we might once? I know as humans we never accidentally put that tag on the wrong animal. And I know no human would try to take advantage of a trusting veterinarian and get a health certificate for one animal but then tag and send a different animal. None of these things would ever happen. But in case they would, by some small chance, happen, I need the animals properly tagged and ID'd when writing the health certificate. If they are not properly tagged and ID'd, I reschedule and the farmer gets charged for my trip fee for wasting my time. Anyway, often farmers have multiple tags and IDs in animals and I write them all down on a form that never gives enough room to fit in the required information. So I write really, really small. Somehow we managed to get all this information on the small form and there's a spot for a description of the animal. So if you want Mr. Beefy on the health certificate so you know which cows associate it with which number, this is where I put that. The next section is a brucellosis tattoo, which I fill out if the farmer has it. Then the age, sex, and breed of the animal. There's also a section for TB testing and brucellosis test information. If the farmer does not have this and this information is not required, they put a line through those boxes. They have a spot for the temperature of a horse. Again, if I'm writing this for a cow, I put a line through that box. I don't need that box's information. Then the, the health certificates has a spot for other tests or vaccinations, which I fill out as necessary. If you are really nice or just want the visit to go quickly, you can email all these numbers and other ID information, age, and such things to the vet's office beforehand so the vet can have his or her staff fill the forms out before the appointment. This makes the visit go quickly and efficiently. At the very minimum, at the farm, have a piece of paper with all your IDs written out so the vet can quickly transcribe this information. 
What you will find is a vet does not like wiping mud off circular IDs while trying to hold a bouncy animal and read to write down 16 digits of small numbers while holding a piece of paper and an animal. The vet needs to be looking for signs of disease, not signs of ID. And don't get me wrong, ID is important because we have to be able to trace these animals. It's just paperwork is paperwork. It's tedious and is something that can be completed beforehand, not when wrestling the animals. Even if I don't have the information before the appointment, I tend to write everything down first, so it's all on nice clean paper and numbers don't get transcribed wrong, and then I will look at the animals. So do a little prep and it makes the visit go smoother. Next, we have a spot for the veterinarian's signature and office information, as well as his, as his license number and him dating and signing the certificate with the words, I certify as an accredited veterinarian that the above described animals have been inspected by me on this date and that they are not showing signs of infection and or communicable disease, unless permitted by OSV. The vaccination and results of tests are as indicated on the certificate. To the best of my knowledge, the animals listed on this certificate meet the state of destination and federal interstate requirements. Oh, 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 but we aren't done. I kind of like this next part. The owner or agent handling the animals then has to sign and date this statement. I certify that the animals in this shipment are those certified to and listed on this certificate and that the identification and ages of animals listed are correct. This is something as a vet I really like, because so often with these forms we are relying on the owner to get things right, giving us accurate information. We get information from them and sign that the information is correct. But what if the owner gets things wrong? What if the owner switches tags on an animal when we aren't looking? There is stuff beyond a vet's control that can affect the vet's license and ability to practice. And when the owners sign this form, I feel like it makes them accept some responsibility for getting the information correct on this form. Also, permit numbers for various states are required. This is where when I get the animal information, I call a state and report that the animals are coming, and they give me a number, so basically that state knows the animals are coming. And then lastly, especially with pigs, various statements from the vets often have to be added to the health certificate. For example, these pigs are not fed trash. It's a thing. Just realize it's a question your vet might ask so you can travel. So yeah, that's pretty much large animal health certificates. After that, I send a white copy of the certificate to the state vet, a canary copy or yellow to the owner, pink to the state vet, and I keep the gold copy for my own records. So yeah, plan ahead. Get the vet the addresses and ID numbers needed, and getting a health certificate will be easy peasy. Thanks for listening. I'm Dr. Nathan. I hope this information was helpful to you and gives you a little more perspective on the world. If you want to reach out to us, email us at theveterinarypodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to tell your friends about our podcast and check out LickingValleyVet.com for information on blogs, videos, and the complete list of podcasts in our education section.